This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're joined by Chris Scott, a supervising biologist at the Division of Marine Resources for the State Department of Environmental Conservation, which recently proposed new regulations for fishing sharks. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. It's our pleasure to have you. So why does the state need new regulations for trying to catch and fish sharks? Sure. So the uh, point of these regulations, the proposed rules, are to improve management and protection of shark species here in New York. Several decades, recreational anglers have targeted authorized species of sharks, which have minimum size and possession limits. But more recently, let's say over the last five to ten years, uh, New York recreational shore anglers have been increasingly targeting prohibited shark species, um, such as sandbar, dusky, and sand tiger sharks. And these species are all illegal to take or possess, meaning then uh, you're not allowed to pursue, capture, or kill these uh, species of sharks. DC has had these regulations in place since 2010, so these species of prohibited shark species have been illegal to target since then. And why is it important to have regulations on fishing certain shark populations? These prohibited shark species are protected by the fisheries management plan coastwide because they're vulnerable to fishing practices. So their life histories make them exceptionally vulnerable to fishing practices because they have low productivity rates. They're very slow growing, late maturing animals. They have long gestation periods, up to two years in some species. And their populations may be overfished, meaning they have a low biomass throughout their range and they may not have enough animals to reproduce and replace the sharks that were removed. There could be overfishing going on. You know, sharks may be removed uh, from their population at a rate faster than which they can replace the sharks that were removed. Uh, All these things make them vulnerable. And in New York specifically, unlike other states, many of the sharks that are found in the shore, in the surf zone, are these prohibited species such as sand tigers, sandbars, and dusky sharks. Then what's the practical ramifications of these regulations, Chris? Does it make it illegal to fish in these areas where we know the prohibited sharks might be? Or does it simply require that if you catch one of these prohibited sharks that you toss it back in the water? Some of the issues we have with the current rule which makes it illegal to target these species, is it's hard to prove intention, and so it's difficult to enforce. A lot of these anglers that are uh, participating in this activity will often say they're fishing for another species, such as a bluefish. Um, Meanwhile, they're using large, uh, heavy gear for sharks. So what this proposed rule does, it implements some gear requirements, such as a maximum hook width, maximum metal leader length. So what those do is make, it would make it harder to successfully target and land these species. The proposed rules also inhibit chumming from shore. Um, what's chumming? For, pe- for people who haven't seen Jaws. Yeah. So chumming would be placing fish parts or fish fluids into the water to create a slick. Uh, and these sharks can pick up on that. They sense that in the water. And they're attracted to the location where the chum's placed in. So if a shore-based angler is placing chum in the water, they're attracting sharks to their location, making it easier to target and catch these animals. So proposed rules, we want to eliminate that. 
to reduce the number of prohibitive sharks that are taken from shore. We also want to, uh, a lot of these anglers are using kayaks and drones to deploy baited hooks further offshore than what they can cast with just rod and reel. So uh, what this does, oftentimes there could be larger, in specific locations, there could be larger animals further offshore. So they're trying to target those large prohibited sharks. Our proposed rules would limit deploying baited hooks to rod and reel only. Uh, so no more deploying with kayaks or drones. So that's the gear aspect to the proposal. Uh, we're also proposing certain uh, handling requirements for any any shark that's caught either from shore or from vessel. And those include keeping sharks submerged. So if you catch a shark from a shore or from boat, you have to keep the animal in the water unless you intend to harvest it. And what that does is prevents anglers from dragging sharks onto the dry sand, filling up their gills with sand or mm. Even the weight alone of pulling a shark by its tail can dislocate vertebrae or tear organs. So by keeping the shark in the water, it limits that impact to the animal. We're requiring anyone fishing for sharks to have a tackle cutting device. So what that means is they would either have to have wire cutters or bolt cutters with them if they're fishing for sharks, and that would assist in release of the animal. So they could either cut the wire leader or cut the hook itself, get that gear off the shark and release it quickly um, because we know that gear left with the shark can reduce its chances of survival because of growth of uh, epifauna on the, the, the tackle that's left with the shark. We have specific language in the proposal that sharks must be released without undue harm. A lot of these shore-based activities, we're seeing anglers sitting on the shark, holding the snout just so they can uh, hold the jaw open for a photo. We've seen anglers using a gaff to hold a live shark from the beach, and then they release it. Uh, so these are all activities we want to do away with by proposing this rule. And then the last one is we have a specific language in there that these prohibited species uh, must be immediate release. Uh, we didn't have that language in our regulations in the past. So we want to make it uh, clear that these animals, if they're caught, should be released immediately. Well, how do you envision the regulations being enforced? Is it primarily about educating anglers once they take effect? Or is there going to be an extensive enforcement effort to catch people who are violating these different regulations? Uh, there's there's certainly going to need, going to be uh, a need for education and outreach on this, explaining to anglers why the regulations are in existence and how they can comply with them. But after that period of whatever it may be, uh, whatever law enforcement decides that period is, they yes they will start enforcing these rules and writing tickets if someone is violating them. Uh, just to further enhance the protections for these shark species. And do these regulations weigh in on the possibility of a group of fishermen, maybe a local sheriff going after, say, a killer shark, and maybe the captain has been eaten, and now you want to blow it up with a canister of compressed air? What, if anything, do the regulations have to say about that? Sure. That seems like a very specific situation that I've heard of in the past. But, um, yeah... <laughs> 
<laughs> if you're speaking of jaws, I think in that case, that you, relates to a white shark, which is a prohibited species. But would you give us a pass in that situation? Recreational anglers still wouldn't be able to target that animal. We would have to leave it up to the scientists to take care of it and the law enforcement. Well, we've been speaking with Chris Scott. He's a supervising biologist at the Division of Marine Resources for the State Department of Environmental Conservation, which recently proposed new regulations for fishing sharks, which you can find at the DEC website, and the public can make comments until Tuesday, August 1st. Chris, thank you so much for making the time and for taking my JAWS question seriously. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to talk with you. I really appreciate it. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.